The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars Summit by Summit episode 2662. All right, it's a Spinner Sunday episode, and this time we're going to talk about a short story of a different sort. It's called Showdown at the Fair. It is a High Republic story, and this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at cufflinks.com. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, Showdown at the Fair is written by George Mann of Myths and Fables and Dark Legends and Life Day Treasury fame with art by Peter Antonson. And for today's episode, we're going to do seven quick takeaways from this little story. First of all, I'll say that this is a fun but not critical story for the whole High Republic storytelling initiative. And, you know, we already knew that to be the case in the sense that the High Republic storytelling initiative is driven mostly by the adult novels, so Light of the Jedi and The Rising Storm and the upcoming Fallen Star, right? And so if you don't read the other novels, the YA and the middle grade novels or the comics, for example, then you'll still get the big picture of what's going on in the High Republic but you get a fuller idea of everything going on if you do read everything. So this one falls into the optional stories, if you will. For a second thing, there's something in the setup in the story that kind of hit me a little bit differently in terms of thinking about the Republic Fair. So the setup talks about, you know, the Republic Fair and what the deal is with it, but they talk about how people were coming there from all over the Outer Rim with hopes that their own planets would join the Republic. And I know in The Rising Storm there is some conversation about getting the Togruta to join the Republic, but... I don't think there's really extended talk about other worlds joining the Republic and hoping to, you know, get other worlds to sign on. And so, yeah, I mean, it certainly makes sense as a recruitment effort, not just for the Togruta, but just broadly for a lot of planets in the Outer Rim and wanting to be part of Chancellor So's great works and the amazing things that they are trying to do for the galaxy. But yeah, that particular way of phrasing it and thinking about it kind of hit me a little bit differently and made me think about the Republic Fair as a recruiting as a recruiting effort a lot more broadly than I had previously. For a third thing, I will just simply say how impressed I am with George Mann boiling down the events of the Republic Fair into this story and being able to jump from uh, you know, stuff happening in the street to stuff happening in the air to stuff happening on the innovator to then going back into, you know, Jedi vectors flying around. Like, there was a lot happening in that chaos at the Republic Fair, and George Mann manages to actually touch on different elements of the action that we saw in the Rising Storm, a lot of them, and still manages to work them into a very short story. For a fourth thing you know, related to that, if you will, the Republic Fair was actually a rather violent situation. I mean, there was so much death and destruction that happened in it. So, 
when I got Showdown at the Fair, actually when I heard about Showdown at the Fair originally, I was like, how are they going to do this after having read The Rising Storm and knowing all the stuff that happens in there? I mean, how are you going to boil that down into a children's book and also you know, even address the violence that happens in there and still make it palatable for children? Well, there's mention of poison gas, but they don't actually show the poison gas. They just show like people going, Ugh, like with their hands over their mouths. And there's you know, ships firing lasers, and Briaga and Selengios are batting back lightsaber blasts with their light, or batting back laser blasts with their lightsabers. And yeah, it's very, you know, like there's a couple of like sort of explosion type graphic things that happen here and there too. And there's a bit about the scab droids that were attacking his Jedi Vector. But yeah, it's very, very, you know, bloodless comparatively speaking. Not that I was looking for blood in a children's book by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just, you know, another testament to how they managed to portray this event and show that there was actually chaos and destruction happening, but also do it in a way that, you know, makes it more palatable for kids, I guess. All right, for a fifth takeaway, let's talk about some things that, well, you know, maybe they're new to me, but maybe they would be new to you as well. I haven't read all of the High Republic comics, and so it's possible that I haven't seen some images that are out there about Jedi Vectors or the Innovator. The Innovator is the enormous ship that's supposed to bring medical care to all sorts of places in the Outer Rim until it's attacked by the Nile, unfortunately. But... I haven't seen any images of the Innovator anywhere, and I've seen precious few images of what Jedi Vectors look like, and so it's very cool to get those images, and I feel like, you know, this is kind of a rare thing, so I'm very excited to see what these things look like. And the Jedi Vectors, I mean, i tell you, if they come out with any sort of Jedi Vector, you know, model, whether it's, you know, the scale models, like with the, uh, the small ships like the Falcon, or if it's, uh, uh, you know, like Lego type stuff, like I think that would be a very cool thing to get more High Republic merch. <laughs> but on the flip side of that is my sixth takeaway, which is there's precious little depiction of the Nile. So you see Nile ships and you see representations of these scav droids, which look a lot cleaner, smoother than I expect the scav droids to look like. I expected them to look a lot more like jagged and menacing along with sort of Nile designs. And the Nile designs in this book are also very smooth. They're not the kind of cobbled together kinds of things that you get the idea of from the novels necessarily. And as far as actual Nile like people, none of them are depicted in this book at all. So, you know, that was kind of an interesting choice. I don't know why that was the case. There is sort of one exception to that, and I'll get to that in a moment. It's not an exception within the story, because within the story, there's none of them pictured whatsoever. I know it's a little confusing. I promise I will explain. But first, I want to take a moment to say thank you to the folks at Cufflinks.com who are partnering with us on the podcast. And today, I am wearing something that is not a cufflink, obviously. If you're watching the YouTube version of this, you can see this. I'm wearing a tie, and from the video, you may not be able to see this, but there's a very subtle mythosaur print on the tie, which is very cool. So this is a start of a Mandalorian thing. And cufflinks.com sells more than just cufflinks, as I mentioned the other day. They sell a lot of other stuff. And so I'm going to build a whole accessory suite over the course of the next few episodes and show it off. We're going to start with the Mythosaur tie here. And I'm very pleased to say that cufflinks.com is offering all of our listeners the opportunity to get 15% off 
orders site-wide with no minimum purchase. All you have to do is go to cufflinks.com and use promo code SW7X715. That's SW7X715 at cufflinks.com. So about that seventh note and how the Nihil could be pictured in here, it has to do with stickers. <laughs> so there are two pages of stickers because it's a kid's book, right? And some of the stickers, like they have Nihil helmets and it says Nihil across the bottom of them. One of them looks like Lorna D's helmet and the others that are there, like three other ones, are just generic Nihil helmets. But there are all sorts of other characters depicted and Jedi Vector stickers. And so I have a feeling one of those is probably going to end up on the back of my laptop, <laughs> to be honest with you. But overall, it's a sweet little story about Briaga and how he's working to try to keep people safe at the Republic Fair on Valo when all heck breaks loose and he is going to continue working to keep the galaxy safe after he is secured Valo along with the help of everyone else and they're going to take the fight to the Nile and that's where it leaves things. Again, fun story, not necessarily crucial to your overall High Republic understanding, but there you go. That is Showdown at the Fair by George Mann. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.